let it go. Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Radio Free Brooklyn. You are tuned into the DMZ. I'm your host, Mike DeMeo. Today's show is going to be a little bit different than normal. I have a guest there with me today. His name is Alex Bear. How's it going? There you go. All right. So today's show, a little deviation from normal. We're going to be featuring The Clash. Alex is a aficionado. Well, I'm more of a know-it-all type. I don't really actually have all the details that I pretend to, but, you know, a bit of backstory about a band that a lot of people know a lot about, so, you know? Yeah, so we're going to start off with the uh, track called Garage Land. How did that song come about? Uh, Well, when they first started out, they weren't that popular, like most people that become really, really successful. And some uh, critics said that they're like a garage band and they should stay in the garage and leave the engine of the car running while they're all in the garage. And they liked that. They got a kick out of it. So they uh, created a song called Garage Land. And this is how it goes. It's from their first album, which was self-titled. It never came out in the U.S., Um uh, it was like introduced as an import. Anyway, not that it matters. All right. So check it out. The Clash, Garage Land.
like I talk about every song or how do you do the I show? I think you should talk about every song. Give us a little rundown of uh, of each track. Oh, well, so the next one we have is called Train in Vain. It was actually uh, one of the higher charting tracks in the U.S., uh, but it's not one everyone knows. Uh, Mick Jones, the lead guitarist um, and like other frontman of the band, his girlfriend, Viv Albertine of the Slits, dumped him. And um, were they married? No, no, they weren't married. Like they were just dating and they were like, you know, awesome punk rockers in 1976. And she dumped him and he would take the subway out to her house and he would like basically yell at her. And, you know, what I could imagine was some like really. So he was taking the train in vain. Yeah, the train was in vain. It was all in vain and whatever. See how you put that together? That was amazing that you made that conclusion. I mean, like a guy pretty, with your intellect. Pretty spot on, huh? Yeah, it's pretty good. You got it. All right. So this one is train in vain.
All right. Well, that was exciting. Um, Train in vain by the Clash. Yeah, it's good, right? And it's very sad uh, that didn't work out. Um, so we got up next for you, Pressure Drop. Pressure Drop. Cover um, of the Toots and the Maytals. Yeah, set. the Clash were big reggae enthusiasts. They covered the Toots and the Maytals and a lot of other uh, reggae groups. This probably comes because their bass player, Paul Simonon. Yeah, did, why do you think they're covering reggae all the well, time? Well, because he was from Brixton and, and he was of... Uh, more exposed to West Indian music and didn't really care about rock and roll at all before he joined the clash. And, um, was, was he their pro- first choice for bass? You know, I, I gotta say he was more like their sixth choice. I think if, <laughs> if I had to guess, but it's a good track by the Toots and Maytals, but, uh, I think the clash does it better. They put a nice spin on it. Yeah. I like their take. All right. So check this out. This is pressure drop by the clash.
All right. That was Pressure Drop by The Clash. Thanks for tuning into Radio Free Brooklyn, everybody. Tuned into the DMZ. Today's show, as I mentioned at the top of the hour, is going to be all Clash songs. I have my friend Alex here with me, who uh, really knows a lot about The Clash. Been wanting to do a show like this for a while, but uh, I needed him to come in. So before we continue on, though, I'd like to mention to you about our free mobile apps. Radio Free Brooklyn has free mobile apps. There's one for the iOS and one for Android. And you can go to the iTunes store for the iOS app, and that is at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash iPhone. And for the Android app, that is in RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Android, and that's in the Google Play store. So check it out. You can take Radio Free Brooklyn on the go. You don't have to be inside listening to us. You can be outside taking us on the go. All right, so we have another one coming up for you. The next one is Jimmy Jazz. You know anything about this one? Yeah, actually, it's funny you say that because we're on a taped radio show. Jimmy Jazz is the name of a really good sporting goods store, and the owner named the store after this song. Sneaker store, right? Yeah, like sneakers and, you know, Russell Athletic, that kind of stuff. And they Are they still around? I haven't seen them in a while. Yeah, they're on Fulton Street in downtown Brooklyn. Uh, they're... You know, it's like whatever, they're around. But they used to be in the Lower East Side, and the dude that started it named it after this track. At first, I thought there can't be any connection, because why would there be if you saw the Jimmy Jazz now? How yeah, could I mean, it be? You, you would think Jimmy Jazz. Yeah, but they probably used to sell, like, Doc Martens and, like, you know, uh, pin, like punk pins and patches you could sew into your... You know, Yeah, before it came a, a sneaker head. Yeah, it became, it became like a one like a cheap hype beastish type store or whatever. But I also want to say, you know, I did play this at my wedding and this, I guess I'll dedicate it to my wonderful wife. Uh, Who, by the way, is pregnant? uh, 11 months pregnant now. She's going to give birth hopefully any minute. Uh, (laughs) And But um, you're here in the studio with me, so. Well, I have to focus on what's important now for for me. Well, congratulations. Yes. And um, anyway, her name is Ava. Braun Bear. She took her name from Wow. Took her I, name from I my first the, daughter from a different wife. Is that the first time anybody's heard this? I I haven't heard that name before. No. I mean, it's Ava Braun. It's a family name. All right, so that is our setup for Jimmy Jazz. Check it out. Somewhere, oh, 
I said now, where's Jimmy Jazz? I said, mm, he was here, but um, he said he went out. He's there looking for Jimmy Jazz, 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 Jazz. He's got the master gunner for Jimmy Tread. Cut off his ears and he'll chop off his head. Oh, you're looking for Jimmy Jazz, Jazz, Jazz. Jimmy Jazz, we got coming up for you next. So brand new Cadillac. Yeah, it's called brand new Cadillac. It's actually a cover of some '70s song that didn't go anywhere by some loser. And uh, <laughs> do you wh- know the name of this loser? Vince something. I don't know. There, everyone was named Vince back then. But the point is that it. Some friend of the band, uh, they bet that if they're third album didn't chart at number nine in the u.s that she would give the band a brand new cadillac and it didn't chart at number nine it did like way way worse than that and so she did give the clash a brand new cadillac which in england what year are we talking like this is 1979 so or 1980 by i guess by the time this wager was settled so the Clash didn't take the Cadillac because that would be pretty greedy of them. And uh, they donated it to a really poor town in England, and it was used to, like, drum up. Whatever happened to said Cadillac? Uh, I believe it was stripped down and used to buy parts? methamphetamine. <laughs> well, at least they had their, their minds in the right place. So. Well, at least it was red, right? Am I right? At least it was red. Anything more to add? Before we we play this track? It's okay. All right. Here we go. Brand new Cadillac, The Clash.
right. Thanks for tuning in to Radio Free Brooklyn. You've been listening to the DMZ. I'm your host, Mike DeMeo. Today, I have my friend, uh, Alex. We've been playing uh, all Clash songs today. He's a big fan of the Clash, as am I, but he tends to know more than I do. But uh, before we continue on, though, I do About want to mention to you. everything, uh, not just the Clash. Like, he left that he, part he's, out. He's... He's a, I know a lot knows more. a lot about everything. I know more than he does. A little about, about everything, actually. Well, it's more than you know. That's debatable. Let me just mention to you guys, before we continue on here, Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit. And as you know, or may not know, we rely primarily on donations from our listeners. So, if you guys can, every penny helps us. We're bringing you 24-hour commercial-free programming. And we could use all the donations that we can get. And you can do that by visiting RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. And remember, all donations are tax deductible. So uh, give us whatever you can. Yeah, whatever helps. Whatever. It all helps. It yeah. all helps. We'll keep bringing you this 24-hour commercial-free programming. RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. So the next track we have up for you. Police on my back. Tell us a little bit about this track. Okay, so I'm sure it has a storied history, uh, but so you know nothing basically. No, uh, it's it's in a couple soundtracks. It's pretty corny in my opinion, but it's it's you know it kind of vaguely anti-police, which works for me, and it's uh, you know it's up tempo. And if it hadn't been for us talking about sponsorship and you know, just like killing <laughs> time, right it would have dovetailed well with the track we just played before it, but we ruined it, didn't but, we? But I had to uh, mention our five yeah, hundred one nonprofit, like necessities we had to do, and whatever. I mean, it it's fine. Take it. It's good. It's a good track. All right. All right. So uh, here we go. Police on my back. Today's show is featuring the Clash. If you haven't noticed already, it's called the Clash. <laughs>
All right, that was Police on My Back. Yeah. Up next, we have Capital Radio. Yeah, Capital Radio is a cool uh, song. It was a single, and it came out on a collection of their singles in 1980, which was called Black Market Clash. And um, it's pretty, they're pretty mad because at the time in whatever, 1979 or 80, there was only one private you know, uh, music radio station in London, all they played was absolute pop garbage, which is sort of the reason why punk rock existed because of. Well, in, in, in London anyway. Yeah. I'm saying pop garbage is why punk existed because of how much pop garbage there was. And that's all anyone wanted to play on the radio. So, uh, this song is sort of like, a can I say fuck you to that radio station? Actually, no. Can you not say that? Can you take that back somehow? No, of course you can say that. I cannot say, say it. Say it again, actually. I, I'm not going to say it again. And it's uh, it was released in 1980, and then again on an album I recommend called Super Black Market Clash, which came out in the early 90s, and you can still get Are these compilations? They're compilations of all their singles, basically, or most of their singles, I should say. And they're uh, they're very good because you know singles are often etc. Thrown by the wayside. Well, they're just etc. You know. Let me ask you this: How many living members of the Clash are there? Uh, if any, I'm there, not sure. I have no idea. Are you joking? I am not joking. Okay, so there's actually three living members: the uh, drummer Topperheadin, mm-hmm. the bass player Paul Simonon, and Mick Jones. The uh, lead guitarist and also uh, singer slash writer for most of their songs. Well, the only one who's dead so Joe was Joe Strummer. Didn't write most of their songs. No, he did. Uh, Mick Jones was the other big writer, and he Joe Strummer is the only one that's dead. And there's also Terry Chimes, who was a drummer for them, who is still alive, uh, but he was fired because early on. Very early on, Topperheadin was a really good drummer. They picked him, but then towards in the 80s at some point, early, like I guess I want to say 80, 81, he got too into the heroin. And as Joe uh-huh. said, there are some drugs that would work with playing the drums. And heroin, not one of them. heroin is not one of them. No, it's not. It's mm-hmm. not one. It's actually not one of them. It's not much you really can do on that, really. Well, you could, I mean, look at Tom, you can sing. Tom Waits' whole career is centered around heroin. I mean, that's sort of his Fine. claim to fame is that he's on heroin singing, right? And then he kind of sucked when he stopped doing heroin, if you <laughs> ask me. Uh, so if you want to sing, you know, shoot heroin. Drums? Not I don't so know. much. Pick something else. It's all about keeping time now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's not so good for tempo. So, yeah. Um, what song were we going to play Radio? again? Capital oh, Radio. Oh, right. Capital Radio. Yeah. This is, uh, this is pre the drummer getting on heroin. And he's still good. So, so he's not on heroin during this, this track. Or now or he's we, actually. Do we, know? we don't even actually know if he's. They're on. all clean now. Oh, all right. Um, from, I mean, from what they say to me, you know, in cease and desist letters. <laughs> all right. So anything else to add or should we just go right into it? Can yeah. I talk about my 11 month pregnant wife? Some, <laughs> well, just play the, Please fu- do. play the track. Capital Radio.
Yeah, that was Capital Radio by The Clash. Thanks for tuning into Radio Free Brooklyn. Tuned into the DMZ. I'm your host, Mike DeMeo. Right now, I have my guest, Alex Bear, like the paint. If it was Should like I give the him paint. your street address as well? Or yeah, no? sure. But Department it is. Apartment number 4B. Well, that much is. That's too far, Mike. Uh, I can't abide that. But it's not like the paint. Um, B A R E? That's. You're getting warmer. But the fact is that the Guns of Brixton is a really good. Which is our next track. It's a good track. Is it our next track? I didn't know. Yeah, Guns um, of Brixton is up next. I wasn't sure. It, uh, it's from, you know, their biggest album, London Calling. And uh, it is basically a reggae. Is that the one where you have the the uh, the black light poster over your bed? That is that the one? Look, man, that was a long time ago. It was 2014. I mean, hey, it's a great poster. I'm not I'm not saying it's not a, uh, a good poster. No, that was a, a younger me. Um, I I think it's a good track because it, again, shows The Clash's commitment to reggae music. Uh, and um, it's got a lot of guns in it. And um, Where are these guns from again? I'm sorry. Brixton. Uh, Brick, okay. Right, Brixton. And it's... Uh, it's a track. It's a song it by is the a Clash. Song by the Clash. Yeah. It's, All right. And it's from London Calling. If you want to look for it, it's um, easy to find. All right. Guns of Brixton. Like your sister.
All right. I love that track. Guns of Brixton. The next one we have coming up for you is White Man in Hammersmith Palace. Tell us what you know, Alex. Well, uh, you know, where do you start? It's Joe Strummer, the only dead member of the Clash's favorite Thanks track. Thanks for that up. They played it at his funeral, Mike. He's dead. Who played it? They did. Live? They played it. Were you there? In spirit. And they he, did play it live. He's dead now, and they replayed it at his funeral. And uh, it's huh. a very good Clash track. He played it with his. Would you say this is one of your favorites? I'd say it's clearly my favorite track, Mike. And okay. uh, All right. it was based on, inspired by uh, Joe Strummer went to a reggae concert um, at a place called the Hammersmith Palace, and I believe West London. Um, and he went with Don Letts, who... Remind us who Don Letts is. Don Letts is like sort of the elder statesman of talking about uh, like Producer, the Producer, radio host. Imagine if you've ever seen like Karis one talk about hip hop in New York and you're like, God, I want to change the channel. I just don't care. Jesus Christ, how can you know it all so much? That's Don Letts, but like of the punk scene in London. And, uh, Not to say we don't love Karis. Oh, uh, no, no, no. I mean, Chris Parker, to me, is where would we be without him? Um, BDP. Yeah, that's right, BDP. And I would pay a lot of money for that jacket, by the way. Um, and, uh, is that an eight ball jacket? We're getting off topic here, but. Uh, I don't care what that hey, jacket whatever. is. I'd kill for it. <laughs> and um, so he went with Don Letts, and he was pretty disappointed in this reggae concert. By everyone involved, basically, the crowd, the musicians. And that doesn't really. What, yeah, what does the title refer to? Well, he's a white Which man. Is a white man. He's, he's, he's the only white man, basically, in this venue, Hammersmith Palace. And the song uh, talks a lot about how much animosity he has for pretty much everything. And uh, like I mentioned, he uh, he died playing it. Uh, I've got to say, I could have seen him play live with his new band, The Mescaleros, but I thought, why would I do that? What a has-been loser. He'll probably never play any of the songs I like. Well, it is now known that he played this track at literally every... Sounds like a missed opportunity. Yeah, kind of, right? Like, he played it at every single Mescaleros concert, this track, and it's my favorite... And I didn't go because I assumed... Remind me when he died. George Strummer. 2002. Okay. And uh, it's not a sad song. It's just like a really sad like portrait of myself I've just painted. But it shouldn't make you sad to hear this you know, track or what have you. So this is a single. It was never released on the U.S. version of the album. It was just hmm. released as a single. As a and B-side? then. It, no, it made its way as uh, to the U.S. as uh, eventually when they released a U.S. version of the album. Years later, it was on it, but it was initially just a single. Um, and it's, you know, obviously one of their best if the only dead guy that wrote it had it played at his fucking funeral. So just play the track. <laughs> that says it enough right there. Yeah. All right. Check it out. White Man in Hammersmith Palace.
Thanks for tuning into Radio Free Brooklyn. You're tuned into the DMZ. I'm your host, Mike DeMail. I'm here with my friend, Alex Bear. Today's show has been all Clash. Everything about Clash. Well, not everything. Just, just Most things. Most things. We don't have a lot of time, Mike. That's the... We don't have a lot of time. But... Hurry it up, dude. So, we have a, a song up for you next, which is called White Riot. Yeah, I'm keeping... Break that down for Keeping us. with the white theme from White Man and Hammersmith Palace. So White Riot is actually not, in fact, a white power uh, ballad. Um, although The Clash did receive initial criticism over that, it really was uh, actually written because The Clash... I mean, the first thing you hear... I mean, the first thing you think about when you hear that... When you see that title, you're like, what? Yeah, you're like, what is that, a race riot? You know? No. But yeah. that wasn't what it was. Actually, during the... Uh, I don't know what their version is called, but they have a West Indian Day parade in London. Um, and I'm not sure what it's called, the Notting Hill Festival. On the same day as we have it here? I don't know. I don't know, but it's the Can you get back to us on that? It's a Caribbean West Indian parade day they have in, in England in the summertime. And there was a riot in 1976 um, by mostly black rioters. And the Clash were huge reggae fans that I've established 8,000 times. And they were there, like Joe Strummer and Mick Jones were there, and Paul Simonon was probably there. And uh, they had to hide from the cops. The riot police were everywhere, and it was, like, uh, not a great place to be. But what impressed Joe Strummer was, you know, England was like the 70s in America, like in the late 70s, the economy sucked. There were no jobs. Um, it just sucked to be alive, really, unless you had a lot of money. Um, what, whatever race you were, it just kind of sucked. Um, so Joe Strummer's whole thing was, wow, these, these West Indians, they're rioting. Why don't the white people riot for the same reasons, for the same exact uh-huh. cause? Nice. So he said, white riot, you know, I want a riot of my own. Of course, Initially, the yeah, like right some, wing, you course, know, jagoffs, like they tried to make it their own song, but that was quickly diffused because, you know, it's a fucking, it's a clash. I mean, they're not, you know, I mean, it, it became obvious what it was. So 
uh, Joe Strummer hid underneath the uh, bridge while he uh, ha- tried to hide from the riot police. But he wanted to, and guess who else was there? You know who, who was there? It was Don Letts. Uh-huh. Don and Letts. Don Letts stood alone. Together with Joe Strummer? Yeah, and Don Letts stood alone against the gauntlet of police with riot shields. And they took a photo of it, and that photo is the cover of their second album, which was the first album released in the United States called Give Him Enough Rope. Which that's an actual photograph. Well, no, it's an drawing or a painting. It, it is an animation from. I've seen the actual photograph. It's an animation from a photograph. It's someone lying on the ground, right? No, like, no, no. Don Letts is standing up against a bunch of riot police with like riot gear and shields on, and um, it was based on a real photo which I've seen, and uh, that was the. I, you know, I think it's a really prescient song. I just learned that word today. Well, that's a great. That's a great word. I just yeah. Can you spell I, that for us. Someone paid me to learn it, <laughs> um, like a lot of money, and uh, I use it now. So like, it's just like a, um, it's a cool backstory, I think, to like a, a song that you could, we could all learn a lot from, couldn't we? Um, but <laughs> yeah, okay, it's so, not a white. Uh, yeah. The main takeaway from this is it's not a white power song at all. Um, Quite the opposite. And it's really good, too. I guess that's the other takeaway. Take it away. That's a good takeaway. We're taking it away. The Clash White Riot. Thanks for tuning in to Radio Free Brooklyn. You've been tuned into the DMZ. I'm your host, Mike DeMeo, with my friend Alex Bear. Today's show has been all clash, in case you haven't noticed. We have room for one more, but don't go anywhere. Kind of. Well, yeah, we have we have we have some room. But coming up at six o'clock, we have Kicking It with the Joneses, hosted by Queen T and D Stacks. A great show, so don't go anywhere. 
That's coming up at 6. We're going to try to fit in one more. This is Sale European... I'm sorry. Safe European Home. What are you selling here? What, what album is this from? Uh, this is from their second album, Given Enough Rope. All right. Anything you want to add to this track? Yeah. Actually, uh, Joe Strummer and Mick Jones were flown to Jamaica uh, to give them inspiration for essentially this album to write lyrics. And they tried to get weed and were almost murdered. And uh, they had a great time. And in Jamaica, That's a good cause. otherwise, Get murder for weed. I think so. I mean, I've almost done it myself. And yeah. uh, we've all been there. I wish I had been, quite frankly, given my 11 yeah. month pregnant wife. <laughs> what is it, 12 months now she's been pregnant? I don't, I can't anyway. Well, it's, it's just, not more than 12. Just play the track because <laughs> we can't even, all right. we can't even finish it. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Radio Free Brooklyn. Thanks a lot.